0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm happy to have Keith Conley as my guest today. Keith is an adoptive dad to three special needs girls. His wife, Kristen, excels at homeschooling the girls, while Keith advocates for the financial well-being and security of families with special needs children. He understands the daily pressures that parents face. Doctor appointments, IEP meetings, and social activities, among many other things, can dominate a family schedule, leaving little or no time to consider how to care for their special needs child in the future. With a background in pastoral ministry, the student loan industry, and financial planning, Keith brings his diverse experiences to his work. He believes that financial planning no longer means simply investment planning, but must incorporate a number of details into a cohesive picture that leads to the road of successfully meeting the client's objectives. Keith lives in Orange County, California, and is an independent certified financial planner. Welcome, Keith, and thank you so much for joining me to discuss your approach to this important aspect of caring for our children.
1: Thank you for the invitation, Gilda. I'm really thrilled to be here today.
0: So to begin with, why are you personally so interested in financial planning for families with special needs members?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great question. I have some experience working with some clients who have special needs children. Uh, My one client, Jim, before I started working with him, told me that he would wake up in the middle of the night. You know, worried about what's going to happen to his son after he passes away. Now, Jim is, you know, relatively young, uh, and so we expect him to be here for a while. But, you know, he was worried about the future and 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 how his son Robbie was going to be cared for later in his life. Uh, you know, with experience in raising some special needs children ourselves, uh, we have so many different appointments, therapies. Uh, and doctor's appointments and school activities that it's difficult to juggle everything that throws itself at us in this life. And and I know that that's the case for a lot of families with special needs children. And a lot of these families with special needs children are going to need care for their entire lives, which really creates a lot of challenging financial planning needs. i know that there's so many families with this kind of need, and and there's a lot of challenges that a lot of families aren't aware of, as well as other advisors. They're not aware of these types of challenges.
0: Which leads us to the next question. Why is financial planning so important for special needs families?
1: Well, the, the first thing is that People today are living a lot longer than they did 100 years ago, and that's one of the biggest challenges in in financial planning and retirement planning overall for any client. The average male in 1900 lived to be about 43, and today, people are living well into their 80s and 90s. For families with special needs children that are going to need care for their entire lives, they're not planning a retirement for 15, 20, or even 30 years. It could potentially be as long as 50 years, which creates a lot of challenges. Healthcare is continually improving, as well as the cost of health care. And today uh, the lifespan of a person with Down syndrome is approximately 60 years. You know, about 30 years ago, that lifespan for someone with Down syndrome was only twenty-five. So it's more than doubled in that 30 years. Furthermore, if, if we're going to be planning a retirement for 50 years, that creates some risk with market diversification and, and market risk, as well as the increased cost of health
0: care. Well, what about government benefits that are available for people with special needs? Can you talk a little bit about those? Sure. Uh, you know, there's a, d- a
1: couple of different kinds of benefits. Some of them I know a bit more about than others. There are social security benefits that are available for for special needs families uh, with children under the age of 18 if they meet the income requirements. And there's also Medicare and Medicaid benefits that might be available uh, based upon income as well. And children who don't qualify for the supplemental security income Uh, could possibly receive benefits if they're under 18, if their parents are receiving a retirement benefit or a disability benefit. Uh, But a lot of that is really contingent upon the family income. Once they reach 18, they can collect Social Security benefits based upon their disability, and it's not based upon their family income, it's based upon their income and Medicaid may be applied in addition uh, to that uh, type of a benefit as well. There's also section eight housing, which is housing vouchers to help subsidize rent for adults with special needs. Uh, And and a lot of families will take advantage of those types of benefits, but then there's some tax credits that are available as well. Uh, and, And this is why, uh, having a really good tax professional assisting the family could really save them a lot of money and, and do a lot of wondrous, wondrous things. Uh, in 2019, the IRS code allows taxpayers to deduct the total qualified unreimbursed medical expenses that exceed 10% of the adjusted gross income. So let, that, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. So let's let's unpack that. What it's saying is that if your medical expenses, if you have medical expenses that exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income, the portion that exceed that 10% you can deduct from your from your tax liability. So if you have an uh, adjusted gross income of 45,000 and $5,475 of medical expenses, you would multiply 45,000 by 10% or 0.1 to find that only expenses exceeding $4,500 can be deducted. And so that means you could deduct $975 from your tax liability. And there's a number of different expenses that you can use to come up with that calculation. You can deduct things like preventive care, treatment, surgeries, dental and vision care, and you can also deduct visits to psychologists and, and, and psychiatrists. Prescription medications and appliances such as glasses, contacts, false teeth, and hearing aids are also deductible. And another cost that they can deduct that a lot of families don't know about are travel costs. So you can deduct mileage on your car as well as bus fare and parking fees. Another tax credit that they could deduct is up to $6,000 a year if you have two special, two dependents for child care and dependent care. So if, if this is a tax credit that's needs-based, if you're paying for child care so that you're able to work and you have one dependent, you could deduct up to $3,000 and if you have two or more, you can deduct up to six thousand dollars. Now that is needs based, uh, but that's you know in short, some of the of the benefits that uh, special needs families can take advantage of.
0: Well, now leaving assets to our special needs family members, the general wisdom is. That can be kind of tricky. Um, what are some of the solutions to that issue in terms of leaving them those assets once you know, let's say, a parent passes on, or even even let's say a grandparent wants to wants to leave something to a special needs grandchild. What are some of the solutions to that issue?
1: Right. So I was speaking with a grandmother very recently who's been telling me about her autistic granddaughter. And she loves this granddaughter with all of her. I mean, every time I talk to her, she's talking about this this grandchild and, and what a great kid she is. And she was telling me that she wanted to leave a sizable inheritance for the benefit of her granddaughter. But her daughter, the child's mother, told her not to bother not because she didn't want her daughter to have money but the mother didn't want these assets that would be inherited by the child to put the government benefits that the autistic child was enjoying at risk so it's really a tricky line to to tell do we leave assets directly for the special needs child or special needs adult and The answer is that if a child or a special needs adult has over $2,000 of of assets, they're at risk of losing their government benefits. And this is something that probably most of your, your audience knows about. So typically there's a number of different tools that you're gonna work with an estate planner specializes in special needs families are going to put into place. I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. I'm just giving very general information on on how this works. Uh, And and the fact is that as a certified financial planner, I work very closely with attorneys when doing this kind of work. Part of my financial planning is working with the attorney to make sure that we have the correct assets and put in the correct place. One of the things that we need, that these families need to put in place is called a special needs or supplemental needs trust. And a special needs trust provides financial protection to individuals with disabilities by allowing funds to be set aside for care without disqualifying them from receiving public assistance like Social Security and Medicare. And so what happens is, You put assets, and a lot of times this is permanent life insurance, inside the trust for the care and the provision of the special needs, who's going to be the beneficiary of that trust. And any expenses that that special needs person needs, the special needs trust can fund. So it can fund expenses like medical service, not covered by public benefits, household costs and group other, things, other costs like mortgage and rent, property taxes, utility costs such as heating, fuel, gas, electricity, water, sewer, and garbage removal, one vehicle for transportation purposes, as well as auto maintenance, laundry services, and supplies, and over-the-counter medications. This is a way to put a significant amount of money aside for the benefit of that special needs adult without putting their, their uh, assist, government assistance in jeopardy. Another thing that a, uh, parents of special needs children and adults need to consider is that before that child turns 18, they, they're gonna have to consider filing for guardianship to make decisions for that child. You know, the law says that when they're 18, they can make decisions for themselves, but we all know that a lot of our children are not able to make decisions for themselves and they will need our care and our decision-making skills for the rest of their lives. We don't wanna be put in a situation where a special needs child needs a decision made concerning their health care, but because they're over 18, their parents are unable to make those decisions. Another thing to consider is what we call a letter of intent. This isn't technically a legal document. What this is is a record of the parents' history, the child's history, uh, the wishes of the parent, and the likes and the dislikes of, of this special needs person. It's really a great thing to just keep on record, maybe keep it in your safe deposit box or with the trust so that these things can be kept on record uh, for the care of that special needs adult once their parents have passed away.
0: Now, aside from the special needs trust that you've been discussing, what other sorts of financial tools are available to help families do this sort of planning?
1: So, like I said earlier in the program, uh, families with special needs children need to be planning for a retirement of not 20, but perhaps as many as 50 or more years, especially as health care advances and are, are these special needs children's lives are prolonged. And, and, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing that these people's lives are improving and that they're having longer, better lives, but it creates some challenges. When t- working with a certified financial planner like myself, it's important that the, the parents are asking questions like which assets should be used first in retirement, which assets should be used left, what assets should be left to for the care of, of the special needs person, and where should they save money? A lot of times these families are so concerned, and I get it, I'm there too. They're so concerned with getting these kids the help they need today They need the IEPs, the therapies, the doctor visits, the social activities that the parents are so exhausted that they don't consider caring for the child later in their life. So saving early is super important because you're saving for such a long period of time. The the most efficient money to leave a special needs person is life insurance. It's, It's flexible. There's long-term care riders and any benefits are tax-free. Life insurance can replenish the assets that the parents use during their lifetime in retirement. There's other savings uh, like 401ks, which are employer-sponsored retirement vehicles. A lot of times your employer will match a portion that you defer. There's Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs, brokerage accounts, stocks, bonds, and real estate investments. All of these things, you know, can be used to help care for the, for the special need child. Which ones are better than another is really far more than we can uh, discuss today. But another available option that perhaps some of your families aren't aware of is what we call an ABLE account. Do you think a lot of your families know about ABLE Accounts, Gilda?
0: Well, we have discussed ABLE Accounts on some other podcasts, but I do, uh, I would like you to discuss that here as well because uh, our listeners may not have had the opportunity to listen to some of those other podcasts, and it's always good to have important information like that reviewed. Sure. So...
1: An ABLE account, it was established in 2014. Uh, ABLE stands for Achieving a Better Life Experience. And these are really great accounts for special needs families that complement a special needs trust. They by no means will ever replace a special needs trust, but I always tell families that it's good to have both. An ABLE account is for the benefit of a special needs person, they're allowed to have one account. And these are accounts that are set up by various states. You don't have to have an ABLE account in the state you live in. It's probably good to review some of the different uh, states' ABLE accounts to see which one best suits your needs. Uh, You can defer up to $15,000 per year in these accounts. So it's not per person. It's, you know, the, each ABLE account is able to receive $15,000 total per year. And, all, and any contributions in there are not tax deductible. So you put $15,000 of after-tax money into it. These accounts are allowed to have up to $100,000 in them without counting against the dis- disabled person's assets, which, of course, we know would put their government assistance at risk. So instead of $2,000, they can have up to $100,000 at any one time. So perhaps you have a $100,000 account and you need a special van with a chairlift and that's gonna cost $80,000. You could take the money out on a tax-free basis and and then replenish that ABLE account, but you don't ever wanna have more than $100,000 at any one time in that account. Uh, and so they're really a great vehicle for these special needs families.
0: Now, I understand that with the ABLE accounts, uh, the 15000 is, like you said, after-tax money could come from the parents, the grandparents, whatever. If the special needs person is also working, I understand that they are allowed to put additional funds in there per year. Is that correct?
1: I believe it is. I, I believe you're correct on that.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what the figure is, but I think it's, it's around six or 7000 additional dollars that they can put in per year of the money that they themselves are earning through working or, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, yeah, so, so ostensibly they could have, you know, over 20000 a year that they could be saving. So, yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful vehicle.
1: You know, and these tools are not, you know, simple transactions. You know, special needs families should be establishing a long-lasting relationship with a certified financial planner to update their financial goals personally, but also expectations for the rest of of their adult children's lives. No, it's not as simple as, you know, just opening a a Roth IRA or as simple as funding an ABLE account. This is requiring an ongoing relationship with an advisor over the course of years because we can't possibly know, for example, how much it's going to cost to keep the lights on in your house in 30 years. There's no way to know that. And so something that you're listeners really need to consider is working with an advisor who's going to work with them on an annual basis at the very least to help them update their goals and their expectations and to review all of their financial planning needs so that they can use these vehicles to their benefit and maximize them.
0: Well, now, on that note, you mentioned that you believe that families should have a team serving them and advising them. Other than a certified financial planner such as yourself, who should be on that team?
1: Well, the fact is that these families already have a team starting. You know, they, they have a team that are, are serving them currently. They have therapists. They have teachers. They have medical professionals, nurses, doctors, who are already helping them with their needs today. But a certified financial planner, they are not able to help families with these immediate medical or or psychological or, or needs, but a certified financial planner is going to help these families put their financial needs first and foremost in their best interest as a fiduciary, and they're gonna be able to concurrently or work at the same time, along with their estate planning and special needs planning attorney. Uh, These families need a competent certified uh, public accountant to do their taxes or perhaps an enrolled agent. It's important that these families have a property and casualty insurance agent to make sure that they're properly insured. So that uh, they don't lose money from a car accident or or have their homes properly insured, and the Certified Financial Planner's job is to help each of these members of the team work side by side so that they're not working against one another, but that they're actually working to bring forth one cohesive plan that's in the best interest of the of the client. You know, the benefit of a certified financial planner and an attorney is that they're what's called a fiduciary, which means that they're working their client's best interest, and they need to be working with a fiduciary who knows about the, the, not only the emotional needs of a special needs family, but also their financial constraints.
0: So how can our listeners reach you if they have questions or if they want to know more?
1: I, I have clients across the country, and you can reach out to me at any time at 949-438-0397. And my website is com C-O-N-L-E-Y, financial.com. Uh, I encourage your listeners to reach out to me now, even if they don't believe that they're in a place where they're ready to work with a financial planner. Uh, I'd rather establish a friendly relationship with them now so that I can help them not make mistakes today with their money rather than them contacting me when it's too late. Just because we don't enter into a formal relationship doesn't mean that I'm not going to care for these families. I want to be a resource for them. Perhaps some of your families already have a special needs trust and, and a uh, estate planning done or any other type of legal work done I have a team that will actually review their legal documents at no charge. They're not going to do the legal planning for you, but they'll go ahead and review what you already have, and and if necessary, they'll make any recommendations. There's no charge for that. It's just a simple service uh, that our firm is able to provide.
0: That's great advice, Keith. And Would you mind please repeating that contact information one more time just a bit more slowly so people can get that down?
1: Sure. My phone number is area code 949 438 0397 and my website is com C-O-N L E Y Financial dot com.
0: Well thank you so much, Keith, for your time and for sharing some terrific information with us today.
1: I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity, and and I hope it's beneficial to your listeners.
0: I also want to thank our listeners for spending a part of their day with us. I'm Gilda Evans reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.